Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Hello there. Welcome to our Sunday service, which is online today. We're so glad you've joined us. Thank you for being here. Today we're talking about mothers and we're saying mothers are wonderful because today is Mother's Day. We just want to uh, briefly tell you about our online platform. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also go to lighthousejersey.online.church and you can interact more with us. There are tabs there for you to be able to get other resources, maybe to get some kids resources. If your kids are bored at home, you can see the schedule of all of our online services and, and talks and live chats that we have planned for this week ahead and we would love to stay connected even though because of the outbreak of this disease we have to be separate so please go and look at lighthousejersey.online.church and connect with us use the chat function use the prayer requests if you have special needs and and you want us to come and help you at your home or or, or whatever it is, please let us know, especially if you're in Jersey. If you're outside Jersey, we may struggle to help you, but we will do our best. So please use that online service, lighthousejersey.online.church. Uh, we also want to say that throughout the week, we'll be having services going on there, and we would love you to connect day or night. Let us know what's going on. Please also email us, use phone. At this time, we need to stay connected. Amen. So today I want to talk about mothers being wonderful. Today is Mother's Day. Mothers, we love you. We so appreciate you. And I want to look at several mothers in the Bible and see how they were such an instrument of blessing for God and towards their family and towards the world at large. So the first one I want to look at is a lady called Jochebed, who was Moses and Aaron's mother. In Exodus chapter 1, we know that Pharaoh was oppressing the Israelites and he wanted to stop them multiplying. He wanted to stop God's uh, purpose of, of liberation and freedom amongst the Israelites. And so he decided that he would tell all the midwives to kill all the babies as soon as they were born. And when that didn't work, he then made a decree that all mothers who gave birth had to kill their children. And when that didn't work, he made a decree that they were going to kill all male babies in the land, all the Israelite male babies. And it reminds me of what's happening in the world today where unborn children are getting killed at a huge rate. But it's always a sign that the devil is worried because God is doing something. So let's pray against the scourge of abortion around us, but also let's realize God is doing something. But Jochebed didn't want to kill her baby. She was pregnant with a baby boy called Moses. And in Exodus 1 verse 22, it says, So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. And in verse 23 of chapter 2 of Exodus, it says, So the woman, Jochebed, conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. So the first lesson for mothers is to be willing 
to go against the grain, against the popular opinion of the world, and even against what others are, are trying to force you to do in order to obey God and to protect your children and to do what is right. You know, in this modern world, there is so much pressure on all of us, including mothers, to conform to a, an ideal pattern and to behave in certain ways and to do certain things and not do other things. And we want to say to you, I want to encourage you, mother, do what God says is right. Do what God says is right, because the result can be extraordinary. Can you imagine if Jochebed had not saved Moses? She put this little boat of bulrushes in the river. She trusted God. She said, God, look after this boy. And God supernaturally worked. She refused to kill her baby and God did the rest. He organized for Pharaoh's own daughter to find the baby, to bring the baby up as her own, as a prince in Egypt. Can you imagine the irony of it? The Pharaoh had said, kill all these Israeli boys. And suddenly one of them was being brought up as his own grandson, as a prince in his palace. And Jochebed, his natural mother, was employed to be his nurse. So there is just such an amazing way that God works when a mother says, I will stand up for what is right. I will do what God says is right. Whether the popular opinion agrees or not, whatever the, the society tries to make me do, I will do what's right for me, for my family, for my children, and I will follow God's ways. Mother, be like a Jochebed because your child could be a Moses who will do great things for the Lord. The next mum I want to look at is Samson's mother. We're not given her name. We, we're told that her son was called Samson. We're told that her husband was called Manoah. And in Judges 13 verse 2, it says, Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And verse 24 says, so the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Manahe, Mahane Dan, between Zorah and Eshtael. This lady is amazing to me. She prays, she trusts, she is in a terrible situation of being barren and she prays and God answers her prayer. But he says to her that she needs to be pure. She needs to be different from the rest of the world. She needs to keep herself separate from sin. And while her child is growing up, she needs to enforce those same rules on her son. And it was a particular Nazarite vow, which meant that they didn't cut their hair. They stayed away from grapes and wine and various other things and unclean dead bodies. And there were various rules, but basically they said, we are separate. We are going to keep ourselves pure and clean. 
Mother, can I encourage you and say to you that when you keep yourself clean, it's not just yourself who benefits, it is your children in an amazing way. And God's power is released because Samson himself was not a particularly good person. He strayed from God's path many, many, many times. He lacked self-control. He lacked the ability that his mother had to be single-minded in following God. And yet God's power rested on Samson. Even though he was straying, God's anointing was on him. He was doing miracles and he was full of God's power and God's Holy Spirit. And the reason was mostly because of his mother. Mother, stay pure, stay obedient, pray for your children, because in an amazing way, they benefit. It's, it's almost like God pours out his blessing on you as a mother and it overflows to your children. Well done for what you've done. Keep it up. It's so important. Let's look at another mother. Her name is Hannah. And in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1, it says, Now when she had weaned him, so this is Hannah. She was struggling to have children. God miraculously gave her a son. And it says, When she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshipped the Lord there. And it carries on in chapter 2. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. I love this lady, Hannah. She prayed and she said to the Lord, Lord, if you will give me a child, I will give him back to you. And she weaned him, which means she looked after him until he was of a certain age. And then she took him back. His name was Samuel. And he was the prophet who anointed King David and said, you will be the ruler of Israel. This man, Samuel, grew up to have such a big effect on not just Israel, but the whole future of the world. David became the father of the lineage that brought the Messiah into planet Earth. And Hannah prayed and prayed and worshipped. I love that prayer that we read. It says that they worship the Lord together, she and Eli the, the priest. But then it gives us some of the words. My heart rejoices in, in the Lord. Um, my horn is exalted. I smile at my enemies. I rejoice in your salvation. This lady was a worshipper, a worshipper. And her worship, please 
hear me now, mothers, her worship extended to the point where she said, I have brought this son into the world. I have brought him up, but I give him to the Lord. I lend him to the Lord, she said. And that meant that her son Samuel served the Lord for the rest of his life. Mothers and fathers, parents here and grandparents, can I encourage you to lend your family, your children to the Lord. Dedicate your children to the Lord. Say, Lord, they are for you. They're not for me. I was just lent them, really. And she gave them back to the Lord. I want to encourage us to realize that our children are just, they're not really ours. God is really their parent. We are just caretakers of them. And if we have that attitude and we say, Lord, do your will, let your will be done in our children's lives. We release them when they want to do ministry, when they want to do something that maybe we hadn't thought they could do. We should release them and say, yes, go ahead, do it. We're giving you permission to serve the Lord, even if it means, and this often does happen, that they say, I want to go and serve the Lord in another place or in another way. I want to, I want to go and do a new venture for the Lord. We need to release them and let them go. And in prayer as well, we need to release them and say, Lord, they're yours. I put them before you. I give you my children. And Lord, whatever it is you will do with their lives, I'm okay with that. Will you do that? Will you release your children to the Lord? Right. We've looked at three mothers. And I want to look at Salome, James and John's mother. So Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, it says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. So James and John were two of Jesus's closest disciples. There was Peter, James and John, who were the three closest disciples. And James and John were brothers. And their mother, the wife of Zebedee, came to Jesus. I find this very funny. She was obviously a very bold lady. She came to Jesus and she said, in verse 21, it says, And he said, What do you wish? She said, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said, We are able. Jesus gently but firmly rebukes this lady, Salome, and her two sons for trying to grasp for a position. And later on, he went on to say that the greatest in the kingdom of God are the servants, that we don't look for position, we look to serve and to be humble. But this lady had it wrong. Jesus gently rebuked her. And the next time we see her is at the foot of the cross while Jesus is being crucified. So in Matthew 27, 55, it says, And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were there looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. I just want to show you what happened to this lady. She overstepped. She was a bit arrogant and proud and, and tried the wrong route of trying to push her children into position. Jesus rebuked her. 
She didn't react badly. She didn't get bitter. She didn't run off and, and say, I'm not going to follow you anymore. She learnt and she moved on. And she was one of the, the very, very few who were there watching Jesus as he was crucified with Jesus's mother, with Mary Magdalene. And there was this lady, Salome. She was there at the cross. Let's read a few more words of what happened on that day. In Mark 15, verse 40, it says, There were also women looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the lesson of Joseph, and Salome. So this lady's name was also Salome. She may have also be called, been called Mary. And she was very probably some kind of relative of Mary, Jesus's mother. There was some kind of family relationship. And then in John 19, Verse 25, it says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Verse 26, When Jesus therefore saw his mother, when Jesus saw Mary, his mother, and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to be to his own home. What's happened here is Salome, Zebedee's wife, uh, James and John's mother, is standing there at the cross. Mary, Jesus' mother, is there as well. And John, the disciple, who is Salome's son, is standing there as well. And Jesus looks at Mary, his own mother, and John the disciple, and says to John, please look after my mother. She is now your mother. And I just want to show you how amazingly gracious Salome was. She allowed this to happen. She had released her son. She had previously wanted John to stand up and be one of Jesus's right or left hand men. But now she's willing to stand aside and say, Yes, Mary, the mother of Jesus, can come into this relationship and be considered like me, the mother of John. And John will look after her instead of me, which is amazing. But just the grace and the graciousness. So the lesson from this mother is be willing to learn and to grow and to be humble and not to get bitter when you make mistakes or when you get rebuked. This lady grew and developed. The interesting thing is that her sons also grew and developed. James and John, when they first met Jesus, were called, they were given a nickname. It was Boanerges, which means sons of thunder, because they were so angry. They were the ones, when Jesus entered a Samaritan village, which didn't respond well to Jesus, they said to Jesus, shall we call down fire and destroy them? That's the James and John at first, when they first met Jesus with their mother, Salome, who was a bit of a, a, a striver and a grasper for position. By the end of Jesus' life, John is the one who's the disciple who Jesus loves, who's there at the cross, who's looking after Jesus' mother, who's got his head on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper. And his mother, Salome, is the gracious woman who follows Jesus and who supports the family and allows God's will to be done in her life. Mother, please keep developing in the Lord. Amen. A couple of others. Lois and Eunice. 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. Paul writes to Timothy, his 
son in the faith. He says, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Paul says that the faith that Timothy has, Timothy became a great leader in the church. He supported Paul in his ministry for many, many years. And then Paul asked him to go to Ephesus and lead this huge citywide church called the Ephesian church. And Timothy was the leader there. Uh, Timothy did great, great things for the Lord. But he says that the faith that Timothy had was inherited, not, not that we can inherit salvation, but he gained great faith and strength from his mother and his grandmother's faith. And a couple of chapters later in 2 Timothy 3, it tells us what they did to impart this faith to, to young Timothy. And in verse 15, he says, from childhood, Timothy, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy had learnt the Bible, the scriptures from his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. Mothers, teach your children. Teach them the Bible. Put worship songs on. Put uh, children's gospel TV shows on. Read them books about Jesus and about the Bible. Show them your faith in serving God and you will be amazed at how they then grow strong in the Lord. Can you see from the five mothers that we've looked at so far, how the world was completely transformed because a mother had great faith. The last one I want to look at is Rufus's mother. We don't know her name, uh, but in Romans 16 verse 13, Paul is writing to the church in Rome and he says, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. So Paul is writing to a man called Rufus, who's a friend of his. He says, greet him and greet his mother, who's also my mother. Does that mean that Paul and Rufus were brothers? No, it doesn't. It means that Rufus's mother had taken Paul as her own son and loved him and guided him and cared for him. And so he considered her to be his mother. Isn't that amazing? You know, Jesus said nobody who's given up lands or houses or family members for the sake of the gospel will be left without a replacement. He actually said it's a hundredfold replacement of all these things that we've given up for the kingdom. And one of those is we get extra mothers and extra sisters and brothers and fathers in the Lord. And these are the relationships we have in the body of Christ. And Paul had a new mother who was Rufus's mother. Now you say to me, who is this Rufus? How do, we, how do we even know anything about him? And in Mark 15 verse 21, talking about Jesus being crucified, it says, Then they compelled a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. So the father, whose name was Simon, the father of Rufus and Alexander had carried Jesus' cross up the hill, had helped Jesus carry the cross. And the result of that was that his son served the Lord and his wife became a great pillar in the church. There are many examples through history of mothers whose faith and faithfulness have influenced their children to be great servants of the Lord. The one that I like to speak about often and I, I really admire is Susanna Wesley, John Wesley's mother, 
She had over 20 children, several of them died, but I think 17 or 16 of them survived. She brought up all these children. She was a, a very organized lady, and that's why Methodism, the, the denomination of Methodists, are so organized because Susanna Wesley taught her son, John Wesley, to be a methodical man and to do things well. But she brought up her children and she would have an hour a week with each child alone where she would talk about God with them and organize their lives. And the result of that was thousands, hundreds of thousands of people around the world have heard the gospel because of John Wesley's ministry, which was actually his mother's ministry that she passed on to her son. I would like to pray for you if you're a mother and perhaps you have a mother who you appreciate. Let's pray together now. Lord God, thank you for the mothers. Thank you for our mothers who helped us, who guided us, who've cared for us and nurtured us. And thank you for the deposit of faith and spiritual power in our lives because of our mothers. And Lord, now we pray for our mothers. We pray for your blessing, for your anointing, for your strength, Lord. They work so hard. Please would you encourage them, protect them and lift them up, lift them up in their hearts and their emotions and their spirits, but also, Lord, lift them up physically, make them strong, heal them if they're not well, enable them to keep doing what they're doing for you. Thank you, Lord. Bless the mothers today in Jesus' name. And now I'd like to just say a prayer for anyone who is isolated because of the corona or COVID disease that's going on. I pray for you wherever you are. If you're all alone and you're feeling lonely, I just pray that the power of God's Spirit fills that place where you are right now. If you are unwell or perhaps you're worried that you may have this disease, in Jesus' name we speak comfort and the power of God to heal you. We come against fever. In Jesus' name we rebuke you and we command you fever to leave. We come against this tiny virus. And in Jesus' name, we break the power of this virus in your life. We say that your immune system will be strengthened and that the supernatural healing power of God will heal you and remove the congestion and the fever and whatever aches and pains you may have and make you strong and well. We declare you will live and not die and declare the praises of the Lord. You will recover and you will be united with other people if you're feeling alone and lonely. This will come to an end. We will walk through this difficult time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you've promised that even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with us. You never leave us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And so, Lord, I thank you for your blessing on every person in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a bit more worship together in our online service. Uh, there will be a chance for you to give as well using the giving tab on the page that you're using right now. Just use the giving tab. You can give tithes and offerings. And you can use the chat and the prayer request tab to stay in touch with us. But please don't feel isolated. You reach out, we'll reach out, and together we will stay connected in the Lord. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.